This episode is brought to you by 2 Before Performance Nutrition. 2 Before is a natural sports performance supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. There's a growing body of evidence behind these berries for improving endurance and kickstarting recovery. With a sweet and tangy berry flavor, you can mix it in water, juice, sports drinks, and smoothies. For optimal results, drink daily 30 to 60 minutes before training. Use code INDIANA30 online at 2before.com for 30% off 20-pack products and free shipping. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli, and this is my portion of the podcast where I sit down with some of the best coaches and athletes from around the state, past and present. We discuss the highs and lows of their running or coaching journeys, the key insights they've gained along the way, and often dive into the bigger picture beyond the course of the track, the things that make them human, not just elite runners or coaches. The following is an interview with Jared Turner. Jared is a Mississippi and Trine graduate. He is the current head cross country and track and field coach at Yorktown High School. During this interview, we cover Jared's start in the sport, falling in love with running, choosing to run for a smaller college, his journey to ending up teaching and coaching at Yorktown, catching the coaching bug as an assistant track coach, the transition to being a head coach, what he's learned in his coaching journey so far, coaching his son, finding balance in life, and much more. Jared is super passionate about anything he undertakes, but especially coaching. Jared is both a no-frills, no-nonsense, and compassionate type of coach. He both wants to see his athletes perform at their best and know that running isn't all there is to life. Again, thank you guys for listening to and supporting this podcast. As always, I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Jared Turner. All right, Coach Turner, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? Hey, it's going great, Josh. Thanks for uh, having me. Really uh I've listened to a lot of these and uh, just honored to be uh, a guest on one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to to dig into your story. Um, just talk running, talk life. How uh, How's the season started for you guys? Um, I know it's only been a couple of meets, but how's it been? It, it's been great. I mean, so much positivity uh, and, and that just makes a huge difference as a coach. I mean, uh, kids on the team don't mind working hard. And so you know, all results aside, if, if they bring positive energy and a good work ethic to practice every day, then that, I mean, that's just a joy to coach. And that's kind of the team we have on the girls and guys side and, and both the girls and guys side are pretty competitive this year. So that always helps, you know, one, one side's not dominating the attention over the other. Uh, and it's good to have just kind of real two solid teams, uh, as far as like Yorktown and our school size and everything is concerned. So it's been a real, real fun ride so far. That's awesome. Where are you guys this weekend? Yeah, so we're at the Wildcat Invite in Marion, which is interesting because, man, that that previous weekend, Marion and me, used to be just the huge one, you know, just tons of competition and schools from all over the place. Man, that Wildcat Invite this week looks looks strong. I mean, I don't know about as strong as last weekend, but uh, just as good, it seems like. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to some really good competition there and and a fast course and the weather looks good. So that always helps. That's the best. Mm -hmm. All right. So we start off each episode as you're familiar with, with what's called tier talk. We're talking a little bit about this, uh, this question beforehand, but it's a little bit deeper. Um, (laughs) We've now, I don't know how many I've done. I I haven't done a tier talk for every single one, but probably like 40 or 45. So we're getting to getting a little creative here. So, If you could only keep three things about you, so this could be like personality, appearance, interests, anything, 
and everything else would be just randomized. Everything else would change. What three things would you keep? You want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first, but I got to say, we were joking around before we uh, started recording, man. I was I was hoping for like a Mike Leach, like what mascot would win if a Spartan <laughs> took on like a dragon and and kind of diving into something crazy. But you're right. We got like a deep conversation here. Uh, yeah. So no, you, you go first. You show me the way. All right. A little self-reflection here. Um, so my number three is care for physical health. Um. I guess with a, a little caveat, my like diet is not not necessarily a model diet. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> I'm still running a decent amount, and I'm like fairly young, so it's really hard to like. There's opportunity to have pizza, big vice of mine. Like it's it's just yeah. tough to keep it on the straight and narrow, especially with being busy and different things. But I don't know. Just I've always had a care for my physical health, and I feel like it's benefited my life in a lot of ways, um, having energy, just being fit, like it translates to a lot of other good things. So I definitely want to keep that about myself. Uh, number two is being a listener. This is definitely something I've had to, I don't know, grow into and learn to value about myself. Cause there's definitely uh -huh. like very introverted. Um, and there's definitely situations where I wish I was a better communicator or more extroverted or just came more easily to me but I feel like I'm also like on the kind of maybe on the other end of that like a pretty good listener and so and not everyone is great at that and so I've just been learning to like to lean into that like fill that that role as well yeah and then number one is being a nuanced thinker so I I take a lot of pride in trying not to I don't know. Like I, I do have my own like thoughts and opinions, but I try to do my best to understand people, understand why they do what they do, why they think what they think. Uh, even if I like disagree with it, like try to understand how they would come to those conclusions. And so, I don't know. I think it's something healthy that a lot of people could could benefit from having a little nuance, more nuanced approach to to other people, to other ways of thinking. And so I think those would be my three things that I would like to keep about myself. Yeah, uh, awesome. About hey, I'm, some of that stuff definitely comes through on the podcast. I mean, just you allowing your guests to kind of talk and express their thoughts and, and relate to them. Uh, I, I would say those are three pretty good ones. So Man, this was so hard. I had to go to my wife on this one. I, I had to talk to my wife and be like, hey, you know, what are some things that uh, I'm having trouble coming up with them myself? What are some things that uh, if you could only keep three things about me, you know, what would they be? Uh, and uh, so she helped me out with this a little bit. But uh, uh, the first one that I have is is I'm pretty passionate about things. And um, so I think I'd like to keep my passion. I mean, things that I dive into, I dive into pretty heavy and kind of go all out on those things. So whether it be coaching or teaching or, you know, with my kids or, you know, even silly things like, I mean, um, in high school, I got really upset when the, uh, the lemon Jolly Rancher like went away from the original flavors and, uh, they like replaced it with blue raspberry. And so, I, I mean, I might have write, uh, wrote a few letters to like the Hershey company, like <laughs> trying to like somehow persuade them to bring back the lemon Jolly Rancher. So, so it, it sinks its way into some silly things as well, but, um, just my passion, I think is something that I would like to keep. And, and that was something my wife said. So, uh, I'll give her credit for that one as well. 
I kind of piggybacked off of uh, one of yours for my second one. Um, yeah, my physical health is, is super important to me. And I feel like my physical health helps my, my mental health. And it's funny to hear you say that you still exercise a lot, but your eating habits aren't exactly where they, where they <laughs> want to be. I, I feel like that's all runners, man. I feel like we all operate from that, uh, that principle. If the furnace is hot enough, anything will burn, yeah. you know? That, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same place. Uh, I feel good about my physical health, but definitely could do better in some areas. And, um, so yeah, just, just keep the physical health and, um, I mean, I, I get up and run in the mornings, uh, now just because I'm, I'm a dad, I got three kids and I don't want to miss any of their stuff. So I try to get up and out the door and run with a few guys in town before, before the day really begins. And I just feel like that invigorates me. And I feel like it, it's good for me to, to keep in those habits. And even though there's some rough early mornings, just getting out there and being physically active, I feel like puts me in a good place for the rest of the day. Uh, so I kind of piggybacked off years for, for my number two there. And then number, uh, my number one is, um, I mean, I, I know I said I'm pretty passionate about things, but I think all in all, I'm pretty emotionally stable. So mm. I think one thing that uh, I'm a psychology teacher in high school, so we do a lot of stuff on personality. And uh, one thing I've learned about myself through a lot of the personality tests and, and units that we've covered is I'm pretty low in neuroticism and neuroticism is kind of emotional instability, take highs really high and lows really low. And I've always, sco I've always scored very stable in, uh, you know, emotional stability. So, you know, I think I keep in the middle a lot. I think I'm pretty even keeled and I don't, don't get too high when things are going well, don't get too low when things are going bad and, and overall keep a pretty positive approach to things. Um, so I think, I think that's one of the things I really uh, like about myself the most. You're right. This does sound conceited, doesn't it? <laughs> but so, yeah. it, it's definitely something that I'd, I'd like to keep. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are my three, just, uh, kind of being emotionally stable, uh, being passionate about things and, and, uh, value in my physical health. So that was a tough one. That was a good, good tier talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> are there any drawbacks to being like not getting too high or too low? Like, do you ever wish you could just go through the roof or go deep? I don't know. Like, yeah, what, man, when I, when I see some coaches at, at meets, I don't know why, but it's specifically like indoor meets. I just feel like you're kind of all in like one tight space and you can kind of see everybody. When I see coaches like going crazy for their kids and just like jumping up and down and they've lost their voice and everything, I'm like, man, like, I wonder if my kids would, would get more out of it if I was like that. I'm, and I'm just not, you know, and, and I've heard a lot of other coaches talk. I think there's pros and cons to, to both styles, but in distance running, it, it usually is like kind of, Hey, we've done our work coming into this thing. Let's just be confident in our fitness and confident in how we've prepared and, and not, let's not do anything crazy uh, to get them all jacked up right before the race. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think there's positive and negatives to both, but yeah, I definitely, definitely see some coaches that are just kind of way over the top and I'm like, man, I bet their kids are just jacked to run for them every day. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Definitely pros and cons to both. All mm -hmm. right, so our second icebreaker is called Car Thoughts. Just of it is the thoughts you have when you're driving, showering, on a run, uh, just being a time alone. Mm -hmm. So my serious one, uh, it was actually during a practice maybe three weeks ago, and Colin was talking to the team like before we were having practice, and I was kind of just looking out over all of our guys. There's probably 80 or so guys there. I was just thinking to myself, like, there's maybe, I don't know, five or so of these guys, maybe even less, that could get at least some scholarship money to go run in college, which is definitely a big benefit. 
and maybe one, but probably not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe one that could potentially go pro or like make a little bit of money from running. And I was thinking, like, why? Why is ever? Why are everyone else here? Like, what is the purpose of them being here? Um, and so I, when I was thinking about it while he was talking, I boiled it down to three things. I'm curious your thoughts on this. If you would yeah. take anything away or add anything to it, but I'd say the three things are lessons learned, memories made, and relationships built. Mm-hmm. You agree? Would you add anything or? Yeah, man, you hit the big three right there. I mean, I don't, I, I can't really explain this about cross country, but it just molds itself in, into such a tight knit team. And I, I don't know if it's everybody. I mean, I've heard a lot of explanations for it, right? Like maybe it's because everybody goes through the exact same thing. Like everybody runs a 5k, you know, some might do it at 16 minutes, 15 minutes. Some might do it at 35 minutes, but they all go through the the exact same thing. And there's nobody, you know, sit in the bench or that doesn't play, you know? Um, but also I think it's just maybe the type of kid that uh, cross country recruits, you know? Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of kids that would really get excited about going out and, you know, running several miles a day and, and competing in five K's on grass every weekend. Um, so I think it's something there as well, but man, you're right. I mean, when, when my kids graduate and, uh, they either talk to me later on after graduation about some of the things that they remember, uh, or they give their senior speeches at the very end of their senior year, like it kind of all, all always boils down to those three things that you mentioned, like the memories that really have nothing to do with the meets that we won or lost. Okay. (laughs) The The relationships that they built. And, you know, as a coach, sometimes you got to bring yourself back to reality with that because yeah, winning a big meet is, is an awesome deal for a lot of those kids. But, you know, maybe more than that is some random trip that you take on fall break week, uh, that everybody remembers 10 years later. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of a good place to come back to and think about, uh, what's really important with, uh, how you're influencing those 80 kids, because you're right, you know, seven to 12 of them might make a great state run at Carmel. But the other 60, the thing that they're going to take is, is, you know, did my coach know my name? Did my coach, you know, invest in me as a, as a relationship and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, even thinking about back to my like career, especially that's a great point. Like you don't remember necessarily like the best meets or the, your best performances, but those random memories you have with your teammates um, and a couple of my best friends today are guys that I ran with. We just kind of found our way back to Indiana and reconnected. Something about running together also brings you, you know, oh yeah, brings you close together. Um, yep. My not so serious car thought, and maybe kind of serious, and this would be <laughs> a, a logistical nightmare, I'm sure. And uh-huh. I'm sure, I'm not the first person to think of this, but it'd be so nice and so convenient if airports had like car shops or mechanic shops. Like it's yeah. just so hard to find, especially when you're busy. Um, so hard to be without a car for more than like an hour. So if you like while you're traveling, if you could just leave your car at, with a mechanic to get anything that needed done done, that yeah. would be so convenient. Man, that's a great thought. Like there's your there's your million dollar idea right there. Like you need to <laughs> right? get involved in getting this set up because I'd never thought about. It. And then when I read it on your uh, show notes, I'm like, that's actually ingenious. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not many other times, right? Like you can go a long period of time without a car, but when you're out of town, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a perfect opportunity. But the only so. th- like 
I'm sure every single person would take advantage. So I don't know how yeah. you would ever <laughs> stop that yeah. or whatever, but something to think yeah. about. Yeah. So what my, uh, yeah, my, ser- my serious one, um, I've heard a lot of your guests talk about this, so it's really just a rehash and I'm sorry, but it, it really is true. Like my son is a freshman this year uh, and he, he runs cross country on our team. And um, I, I've just had so many coworkers and friends and, and uh, just parents that I know uh, who tell me that it all goes so fast, you know, like once they're mm-hmm. in high school, those four years just fly by and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're off to college and they're kind of gone. And, and so he's, he's my oldest. Uh, and then I have a, daughter who's in seventh grade. And then I have, uh, uh, my youngest daughter who's in second grade. And so I've just been thinking about just trying to just try to cherish every moment and, uh, just make the most of those, uh, memories while they're in school, because just thinking back to kids that I've coached for four years, I'm like, yeah, man, it does fly by. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of that fear of missing out coaches edition, right? Like <laughs> we talk about fear of missing out with, with athletes a lot. And, and how they stress about those things. But I mean, that, that's kind of the coaches or adults edition of that is I just don't want to miss stuff uh, with my kids. And so I always kind of reevaluate, am I making enough time for the family? Am I making enough time uh, for each individual kid? Am I investing them in, in them the way that I should? So uh, that's definitely the, the serious thought that's kind of been omnipresent in my mind uh, recently. And uh, for the silly one, I kind of have an honorary mention. So my wife hears this all the time when we're in the car. Like anytime we get stopped at a red light and there's nobody coming the opposite direction, I'm like, it's 2023. Like, how have we not figured this out that, that there's some kind of sensor or camera to where as soon as you know, there's nobody coming the opposite directions and there's people stopped at a red light for no reason whatsoever. Like that light should turn green. And it just Uh frustrates me. It frustrates me to no end when I'm stuck at a red light and nobody is coming through the opposite direction. So that's, that's my silly, uh, honorable mention, but yeah, my, my, my one that I chose is, is, uh, going to solidify my nerd status. But, uh, (laughs) so about four years ago, my son got me into like Pokemon go on the phone. Okay. And uh, there's an event going on right now where you get like uh, quadruple stardust and quadruple XP and uh, so my random thought has been like, how much XP and Stardust can I farm in uh, these next like four or five days where this uh, event goes on? And uh, there's about three of your listeners that actually have any idea what I'm talking about right now and <laughs> alienated the rest of the audience. But if you know, you know, you know. And so that was on my mind today. So that's my my random nerd thought of the day is how can I level up in Pokemon Go quicker? <laughs> I feel like everyone has that one app that kind of it's like their guilty pleasure app or like the one yeah. they, they kill time on. Is that yours? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Like it, my son got me into it, but, but I have played it more seriously than he has, you know, <laughs> and he plays it pretty seriously, but I mean, a, a lot of our team is in on it because, you know, out on runs and going different places, like they'll, they'll uh, get on the app and, and, uh, you know, catch Pokemon throughout the, uh, the different sites, but yeah, I'm, I'm hook, line and sinker, man. I'm, I'm sunk into it. So yeah. Nerd alert. That's hilarious. Yeah. With the, <laughs> uh, the car or the traffic one, like I'd never get road rage. Like if someone cuts me off, I could care less, but it's like the illogical things. Like if someone is tailing yes. me, but like we're in a single lane and I'm behind another car, like that kind of stuff. Like there's, yeah, I can't do anything. Why are you tailing me? Or like yeah, that. Why, like, the, yeah, when you could go 
easily go and make it through a light, yeah. but there's yeah, old <laughs> old technology. Yeah. Oh, me. big time. Awesome. Well, that's some good stuff right there. <laughs> we're going to back we're gonna go back to the beginning now, like we always mm-hmm. do with your story. Yep. We're gonna start with your own running. Um so how'd you get your start in running? What were the beginnings like for you? Yeah, so once again, I've listened to a lot of your interviews and it's a lot of the same stuff. Like in elementary school, you ran the mile, right? And uh, broke a record at my like local elementary school. And uh, but then then I didn't run like my first year or two in middle school and uh, finally went out, I think, for the track team and, uh, you know, just started doing well. And obviously, when you do well at something, a lot of people, you know, praise you and stuff like that for it. So I was at a pretty small school. I was in the Mississippi High School. Uh, district. So, you know, had some middle school success, really f- kind of fell in love with the team aspect of it. Uh, and that's true for like cross country and track. And it, it just kind of built from there. So I, I would say my start really came in, in middle school and, uh, you know, running the, the, the dreaded 3k 1.86 mile courses <laughs> and um, uh, just falling in love with going to meets and, you know, seeing everybody else compete and and seeing how I stack up amongst those competitors and, you know, um, you know, fairly competitive kids. So I always try to try to want to do my best and, and, uh, you know, running is something that really does reward that. I mean, if you, if you're willing to put in, um, you know, the work, uh, eventually it is going to pay off. It's not going to pay off every time. You know, I always tell my kids like success is not linear, but uh, eventually over time, you will see that pay off. So I was kind of really into that aspect of it too. This episode is brought to you by Olipop. Olipop is a healthy and delicious alternative to soda. Available in 14 flavors, including cherry vanilla, cream soda, and my personal favorite, classic root beer, Olipop combines prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanical extracts to support your digestive health with less than 5 grams of sugar and 45 calories in each can. Indiana Runner Podcast listeners can get 15% off at checkout with code IRPODCAST15. If you'd like to support the podcast and are looking for a healthy and delicious alternative to soda, check out Olipop today. Yeah. Were you doing anything else, any other sports or activities at this time? Yeah, just just about everything. You know, uh, Little League Baseball and uh, played basketball up into high school. Um you never got into soccer or anything like that. I can't remember if we had a soccer team or, or soccer recreation uh, team at uh, in our community or town. But, yeah, just about everything I could. Football, you know, I played football early on. Um, so just about everything that you could play, I tried out. And, and running is what stuck, you know. Yeah. Were you close to doing anything else, like to, over running? Well, I mean, I'm a kid from Indiana, right? So, like, basketball is always something that you, you know, you – you love like it's just a passion of mine and, and I still love going around like shooting hoops today but uh, uh I, I played that into high school but just until like my my sophomore year or something and and then kind of focused on running after that so yeah basketball is really the only thing that I even pursued past uh like an elementary or middle school level um so yeah and I still love to watch it and still love to go to the, our high school games and watch those guys ball but um yeah no it, it kind of finally came down to running once I got to high school gotcha and you went to Mrs. Mrs. Cinewa is that how you pronounce it <laughs> yeah I know yeah <laughs> Mrs. Cinewa yeah it's in uh, yeah. Gas City Gas City Indiana um and yeah Grant County and uh yeah our our team you know it's pretty small it's a fairly small school it's grown a little bit since I've graduated but uh 
Uh, I think they're a 3A school now, but uh, yeah, there wasn't a, a, a really deep running team there and there definitely wasn't a ton of running culture there. So uh, I remember one time over the summer, um, I got hooked up with uh, Wabash's high school cross country coach and, and Wabash High School is not much bigger than Mississinawal, but um, one of my family members knew the coach up there. His name was Nick Eccles and and they were in the middle of a really good stretch of runners. I mean, they were advancing to state, you know, from a, a small, probably two a school and, uh, you know, names like Curtis George and Mike Nimmo and Bayless and, uh, Billy Carpenter. And I mean, there's just like a ton of kids that were like kind of state level. And, uh, so I went up there and trained with them for a summer and that really kind of helped me kind of catch the bug. Cause then, then I was around other people that loved running, you know, and that's, that's when it kind of really, uh, starts to get serious. And, so I trained with them for an entire summer and then came back and had, you know, some good success in uh, high school track and high school cross country. And and so that's when I really started getting better at it is just because I had those guys to to run with. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you have any like highlight moments from high school? Anything? That yeah, all. All pretty small school stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, winning, winning county titles and things like that. And pretty, pretty close races, you know, I, I won the 1600 and the 3200 in track. Um, and there was always some guys like that were really close and we kind of battled back and forth. Uh, remember anytime we'd go to a conference, like Wabash was in our conference and those guys would just freaking crush me, you know, and, and I <laughs> ran with them all through the summer and, you know, they had each other through the season and I didn't, and I wasn't on that team, but uh, always loved racing those guys because they brought out the best in me. Uh, but uh, no, just things like that, you know, little conference meets and, and county meets that I was able to win. Uh, I never advanced like very far into the tournament or anything like that, but, uh, you know, just really enjoyed uh, the team culture and, and having those experiences that I had in high school made me have a desire to run in college. But I mean, I know, you know, not advancing even, you know, very far into the tournament, uh, my options were limited. So uh, yeah, I ended up deciding to go to a small school in, in, uh, in Indiana for, uh, for running and uh, for college. So that's kind of where it led me. So. Yeah. Did you know you wanted to run in college? Yeah, I did. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I, I feel like I haven't reached my potential yet. Like I, I got more to give. And, and if I was in a program where I was kind of surrounded by other kids that loved running that, uh, you know, maybe I could you know, see a lot of success or, or blossom into a better version of myself running wise. And, and so ended up going to uh, Tri-State University, which is now called Trine University. But uh, when I went there as Tri-State and, uh, like you mentioned earlier, man, I just, just developed some really good friendships and deep friendships that have, uh, that have still, you know, stood the test of time to today and keep in touch with those guys and give each other a hard time every now and then. And, uh, just absolutely loved my time in college. Uh, probably one of the, you know, most, um, enjoyable times, uh, in my life as I was growing up and, um, was coached by Mike Cole and, uh, Mike Cole, uh, who, who he ran up in Angola, but then he he coached in like Calumet, and then he came to be a pretty young head coach of a college program when he came to Tri-State, and uh, he just really developed a huge culture of running, which I had never really had before, and um, you know I still use a lot of the things that he did training-wise with us, you know today, and and I still really value all the things that he did. Man, he was like setting age group records and. Uh, uh, you know, still runs. Uh, I still see him at road races and stuff. And 
Uh, it's always cool to see him. His kids ran Zionsville. I think he still has a couple of kids at Zionsville, but okay. had a couple of really successful kids that went through the Zionsville program. And that's where he lives now. And I still keep in touch with him and, you know, he'll text me back and forth about, you know, Wyatt running now as a freshman. And, and it's just really cool because that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, like a running community part. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what I've loved most about coaching is, you know, the, how giving the coaching community is and um, you know, how pretty much any coach, if, if you reach out to him is willing to, talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. I mean, um, you know, I keep going back to my son being on my team now. I was really worried about that. Like I didn't, didn't really know how to handle uh, my son being on my team. So I, I reached out to coach Stefan at uh, Concordia because I knew that he had had his son on his team and, and they went through a pretty good cultural change while his, his son was on the team. And obviously they've, you know, transpired that into, you know, several state appearances and state championships. And so I just kind of picked his brain and I mean, he would just send me like paragraph long emails, uh, just kind of reliving when his son was on the team and what kind of things were successful for him and what kind of things he thought that he did well and things that he, he probably could have done better. And I mean, I'm just super appreciative of that kind of stuff because not everybody would give you that, that kind of time. And, and there's coaches all over the state that would do that. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think even in college, that's kind of what drew me to the sport was just the connected uh, portion of it. Yeah, so I think I know the answer to this question, but do you have any regrets of not going to a bigger school or going out of state and going to you know, a smaller school to run? Yeah, no. Yeah, you're probably right. No, I, I didn't. I, I feel like that was a perfect situation for me at the time. I mean, it was a, it was a small – I started off uh, actually NAIA, and then during my sophomore to junior year, they made the transition to D3. So that was a little bit of a hiccup because, you know, as you're transferring, you don't have an opportunity at like postseason uh, races and stuff like that. So felt like there was maybe some lost opportunities there. But no, I, I absolutely love my time. It was far enough away from my hometown, too, that I felt like I got away, even though I wasn't in a different state. I mean, if, if anybody knows where Trine is, it's like in the upper right hand corner of, of the state of Indiana in Angola, really close to Michigan, really close to Ohio. And uh, so I, I kind of got away um, from my hometown and kind of, you know, got my own legs underneath me and, and was able to grow in a lot of different ways, even outside of running. So at no, no, no regrets at all. Absolutely love my time there. Awesome. Uh, what has your relationship with running been like since college? Uh, yeah, I think it's maybe even grown more, right? Like, um, I continue to run and find different ways to challenge myself. So, you know, whether that's just road races or local races or, or training for marathons, um, you know, I've stayed after it pretty good. And, and in the Yorktown area, there's several guys, um, that, you know, I've, I've kind of been able to be training partners with, and I feel like they, uh, are just awesome. You know, like the, they'll get up at 5:45 AM with me to get my runs in so that I can be there for my family later on in the day and, and things like that. So, I mean, I feel like, uh, yeah, training for like Boston Marathon, which I've done a few times, uh, was was great. Um, it's really hard though, man. Like in Indiana, training through the the winter because that race, you know, most of the time, not COVID related because COVID kind of screwed up everything. But mm -hmm. if it's not COVID related, it's kind of in April, right? And mm -hmm. so training through those rough Indiana winters is something that you kind of gotta learn to love. Um, but no, I. I I mean, I was probably running more training for that than I ever did in college and uh, just as much in love with it. So, um, yeah, and, and I've been lucky. I haven't had a whole lot of injuries. I know that's when 
you know, running can kind of turn sour on you when you start to deal with some of those injuries and stuff. And that's no fun. And I've been, you know, really lucky knock on wood to, to stay healthy through most of it. And I mean, I think I've even told my wife a few times, like I'm at the age now I'm over 40, you know, where I, I just, I just love to run and I really love to run in beautiful places. Mm -hmm. So anytime we go on vacation, if there's an opportunity for me to run, whether it's, you know, we were, we were lucky enough to go to like Lake Tahoe for our anniversary a couple of years ago. And I mean, that was just beautiful scenery to run in or, you know, go out to Colorado and run some of the dirt trails and dirt roads out there. It's just that that's what kind of brings, you know, all the feels back as far as, uh, you know, why I love running. So no, I, I think it's grown even since uh, college. Yeah. Do you run with your teams? Uh, you know, I've gotten away from that a little bit. Um, yeah, this is something I've actually thought a lot about. Like I kind of, I kind of think to myself, like, you know, was me running with my teams ever something that hindered their success? Mm. Like, did I ever hold them back? Because obviously I tried to run with the front guys when I was fit enough to do so. And, and I've always kind of wondered if I would have removed myself from the equation and, and just had them kind of go after it if they want to get out, would have got after it a little bit more. Like mm. I didn't do a lot of workouts with them, hardly ever did workouts with them, but still like on those days where you're just kind of develop your aerobic capacity and getting out in those, uh, you know, we call them aerobic development runs, like those long runs. I wonder if they would have took it a little harder uh, if I wasn't there. And so lately, mostly because of age and I'm just old now and slow, uh, <laughs> I've got to <laughs> remove myself. And I found that to be true. I mean, I found that the kids sometimes will kind of get after it a little bit more and those competitive juices kick in. And maybe I hindered that when I was running with my team. So that's an interesting conversation. I'd, I'd love to get some other coaches opinions on that. I, I think I may have heard you talk to um, maybe the Indian Creek coach. Yeah. Yeah. He said he's in like 16 flat shape or something yeah. like that. I'm like, dang, <laughs> this dude is fit, you know? For and, sure. um, and, and I kind of thought to myself, like, I know he, he said that he still runs with his team and, and can kind of push those top guys and, and dude, I was probably never a 16 flat guy as a coach. So, I mean, he's pushing a lot harder than I would be able to, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to get some other opinions on that uh, because I, I've kind of seen it both ways. You definitely are able to kind of like form some deeper relationships with the guys, you know, mm -hmm. talking to those, uh, talking on those long runs. Um, but yeah, I, I guess maybe I would think nowadays there's kind of a time and place for it and a time and place to not have it. Yeah, no, I definitely could see that. I so I'm obviously an assistant right now for Carmel, with the goal of what if it makes sense in the the right situation to be a head coach, and I just I don't know it would be really tough as a head coach to to really give like every single guy proper attention and and care to like run as well during practice. Um, so I've been trying to like take advantage of being an assistant because that's mm -hmm. you know one big benefit. Um, and it's really tough if I don't run with them to have any type of interaction with them. Cause obviously like Collins, you know, having most of the discussions with them, designing their training and things like that. And so, I don't know, it's, it's been a lot of fun too, as an assistant yeah, that, to run with them. That's a great point. I mean, being an assistant coach is one of the best gigs in high school sports. I mean, it really is <laughs> because you're behind the scenes. You get to do the things that, you know, coaches love to do, which is build relationships, talk to guys about, you know, strategy and help them get over mental hurdles, help them grow. But at the same time, you're, you're not filling out any forms on direct athletics. You know <laughs> I mean? It's like, right. I, I look back when I was like an assistant distance coach, I'm like, man, that was the life, you know? No, it definitely is. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, we have obviously some pretty good guys on our team. So I'm just trying to get in like decent enough shape to be able to talk to them. <laughs> They're always asking me like what I'm training for. And I'm like, just to be able to talk to you guys while you're going at an easy pace, you know? <laughs> to but, have breath to talk to you guys on a, on a normal run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so what did you study in college? Yeah, so uh, Tri-State was known as like an engineering college, and, and and I really enjoyed math, and I was good at it. So that was my initial thought was to go into engineering. And um, yeah, just, only a couple weeks into class, I mean, uh, Tri-State did this awesome, awesome thing where they, they kind of took you into almost like job shadowing opportunities pretty much right away. Cool. And uh, so I was able to kind of see like what a mechanical engineer did every day. Uh, and that's kind of what I was looking at being. And, uh, yeah, when I did that, I was like, man, this is not for me. Like, this does not match my personality. This doesn't match my interests. And so thankfully that happened early. So I was able to kind of change my major. And, you know, I think a lot of teachers would tell you this or people that become teachers. I, I just had a really influential teacher, uh, in my high school days that, you know, made everything fun and, and invested in me and, and taught me a lot along the way, not just about the subject matter, but about life lessons and stuff. And I was like, man, I, I think I'd like to be a teacher. And if I could coach, that would be like the icing on the cake. Um, so I went into social studies education pretty much, you know, within a couple of weeks, I remember calling my mom and changing my major. And she's, she's like, wow, I was expecting this. Cause I heard that like most college kids do change their major, but like it's week three. And I'm like, I know mom, but I, I know, I know this is right. I, I know, I know this is the decision I need to make. And, you know, to her credit, she trusted me and she's like, okay. She's like, you know, go to the registrar's office and make the change. So I did. And, and, you know, it, it you know, the rest is history, right? Like uh, I was able to focus in on social studies and, and I got uh, kind of my primary and two secondaries in U S history, government and psychology and, um, you know, after I got through my four years of, of running and, and college, uh, got a job pretty much right out of college at uh, Yorktown High School at, uh, at kind of a halftime level. And so that kind of scared me at first, like, oh, man, I'd really like to get a full time teaching job. But uh, I always joke with kids like back then it was hard to get a teaching job. <laughs> and nowadays I feel like, you know, if you're a warm body, then you can get a teaching job anywhere. And I might be, <laughs> over, I might be overstating that, but I just, I felt like it was so harder back then. And uh, so I interviewed at Yorktown and just kind of felt like, yeah, this is, this is where I need to be. And um, so went there and everything worked out. I was, I was like full time within the year and um, yeah, I have been there. Yeah. Ever since, ever since, 2005 so it's uh yeah getting pretty darn close to 20 years now which is crazy uh so do you think if you didn't have that shadowing experience that you would have stuck with mechanical engineering yeah definitely longer i mean i, I think i still would have probably ended up making the change and finding out that it wasn't right for me but it definitely might have set me back like a whole semester and then you know i don't maybe i don't graduate on time and and everything kind of changes after that but uh yeah no i was super thankful for that and and uh, super thankful for my my mom like supporting me on the decision and being like okay hey if you if you feel like that's what's right then do it and uh, and it all worked out so it was great yeah how'd you end up specifically at Yorktown like were you looking elsewhere did you want to be in that area or yeah so there was a few different factors like uh, I mean my wife and I I mean we were we were high school sweethearts so you know we were dating back in high school in Mississippi. And we went complete opposite directions for college. I went north uh, to Tri-State. She went south 
uh, to Butler and actually ran track uh, at Butler. Um, so yeah, long distance relationship for a while. And she was going on to finish up grad school. And I knew that. And she was going to be a speech pathologist. And uh, she basically told me one day, she's like, She's like, Jared, I want to be able to get a job anywhere. Like, it's, it's you that's not going to be able to get a job very many places. Like, <laughs> as soon as you find an opportunity, you better jump at it. And then I'll just follow along. And so that's actually kind of what I did. You know, it was uh, it just seemed like a good opportunity for me. It, it was kind of close to my hometown, but not super close, like 30, 40 minutes away. So close enough that if we started a family and we want to be close to, to our family, since we both grew up in kind of the Gas City area, it would be a perfect fit. And it, and it has been. I mean. I've been here ever since, and she's kind of bounced around to some different jobs around the area, and she's at Ball State University now, um, and and you know Muncie, Indiana is just like ten minutes away from your town, so it's it's kind of the perfect fit. Um, and raising our kids in your town has been great. We love the school system, and and uh, it, it's it's small but not too small. You know, I was thinking about what you you were talking about with you know being a head coach um, in the future possibly, and. I can only imagine like being a head coach of like 90 kids, like that just blows my mind. And it's something that anytime I listen to you guys talk in the podcast about that and Colin talks about how many kids he has on the team, I'm just like, man, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, because I'm lucky to have 30 or 40 kids on the team combined boys and girls. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it's much easier for me to kind of form those relationships and, and still, you know, kind of be able to talk to every single person almost every single day where, I mean, I, I would feel that would be almost impossible uh, at a school like Carmel. And you, you got to find other ways to do it and other ways to make time to form those relationships. And and so, uh, yeah, for me, it was a good fit. And uh, yeah, that's where my teaching career started. And that's where my coaching career started. So, yeah, <clears throat> to, to your last point, I would say that's definitely definitely the biggest drawback. Um, I'd yeah. say at this point, I know. Cause like the freshmen, there's a few freshmen. I, I don't know if I know their name, a few mm -hmm. like, <laughs> held me a gunpoint, but most of the kids, I like know their name. I've had like a conversation with them or at least a little like passing by, but it's just, I mean, it's just like human nature or human capacity, I guess. Like I can only have somewhat deep relationships with, I don't know, X amount of kids, 10, 15, 20 kids. Um, mm -hmm. And those are typically like the kids that are around, my ability level, I guess, that yeah. I can keep up with yeah. and run with. Um, but yeah, that, that is a huge, like, obviously the benefit is if you have a hundred kids, the odds that you have a ton of talent go way up, yeah. uh, but it's really tough to develop those relationships. Probably a little bit mm -hmm. easier as a head coach because you're touching base with all of them, but mm -hmm. yeah, definitely a huge drawback. Any, I don't yeah. know, you got to kind of weigh, like, I mean, there's obviously, there's nothing wrong with winning, but what is your... Mm -hmm main motivation and coaching why why are you getting into it yeah what's driving yeah. if you'd like to continue listening to this episode of the podcast you'll need to subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com forward slash indiana runner once you do you'll get access to all full-length episodes of the interview portion of the podcast in addition to other subscriber only content including extra content on race previews and recaps book club episodes the ability to ask my guests questions and much more Thanks again for listening to and supporting this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you on Patreon.